Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning, the final from Target Field in Minnesota. It's the Minnesota Twins walking it off seven, the Cleveland Guardians six. I'm Davey Barris, lifelong Cleveland baseball fan, and I want to talk about the actual game on the field, the thing I enjoy, watching baseball being played. And, uh, man, it sucks. It sucks when your bullpen blows a game, right? When you do everything right, your starter gives you just enough to win. Your offense does a great job of putting together a big rally. Hey, if you got to do it all in one inning, at least do it like that. You know, at least do it with some style. That was It was fun. Five run, sixth inning uh, gives you a nice six to three lead. Your bullpen should cruise to the end, right? Nope. Nope. When the bullpen falters, that is just, it's just the worst. It's just the absolute worst, especially when that's like the calling card of your team, right? Your offense has been abysmal up until this point of the season. Your starting pitching has been good. Not great, but good. And your bullpen's been one of the best in baseball. So to have that falter, especially against a division rival, man, that really sucks. You know, I, I, I don't know if there's something that we're going to be able to point our finger to in this game and be like, that's why we lost. Right? It seemed like both teams were just going up having really competitive at-bats all game long. Right? Runs are scored in... A lot of different innings. My God, uh, one, two, three, four, five, six. Six out of the nine innings have somebody putting a run across. So there wasn't really a point in this game where, where it, you know, the game kind of went into cruise control, right? At any point in the game, that win probability line was jumping in somebody's direction. So yeah, it, you kind of get into a back and forth game like that, and. Uh, they come out on top, unfortunately. You know, your offense cooled off in the last three innings, and the Twins' bullpen holds up where your bullpen doesn't. So uh, let's get into it. I guess that is the top storyline of our game. And uh, I just want to say up top, I apologize if I sound a little different today. Uh, allergies are at an all-time high here in Northeast Ohio, so I am feeling it. But we will make it through. Uh, so let's get into it. What happened to Trevor Steffen? What happened to Eli Morgan here in the eighth and ninth inning of this game? Because we go into the eighth inning with a nice six to three lead. You figure Steffen gets the eighth, Clase gets the ninth. You know we're cruising to the end of this game. Nope, doesn't happen that way. Uh, going over to the Illustrator here, it's interesting. Steffen was basically throwing every pitch to the same part of the plate. I mean, he was, you know, especially for a right-handed pitcher, this is interesting. He was pounding down to the arm side of the plate. Stefan was. A fastball, even sliders. He wasn't letting the slider sweep across to the outside of the plate. He was throwing inside sliders. And so, yeah, he was kind of living in this zone, and they made him pay. Uh... Let's go to the at-bat first against Willie Castro to kick off the inning. Uh, Castro would single. He'd go against the lefty. Stefan would go splitter and fastball. That was his pitch combination. Starts him off with a fastball at the knees. Throws him a split. Man, he got kind of hosed on a call here. Throws him a splitter in this, at the knees as well. Same height, but this one gets called the ball. Uh, throws him a four-seam fastball up out over the plate that he fouls off. Finally... Uh, it's a splitter down. He gets the ground ball, but it's you know the same thing that happened to uh, 
to Shane Bieber the other night. It's deflected by Stefan, and it goes as an infield hit. Right, Ahmed Rosario can't uh, can't make the play on it. So uh, Castro gets a little bit lucky there, gets a little bat bip luck, and gets on with an infield single. Uh, and that would bring up Solano, who is in the in the spot of uh, Byron Buxton, who goes down earlier in the game because Tanner Bybee, I mean, just absolutely blasts him in the ribs with a uh, with a 97 mile per hour fastball. Uh, so uh, it eventually gets to Buxton, and he has to leave the game. So that brings in Donovan Solano, and uh, same. So this is where it kind of starts against the righties. He's just really trying to stay inside to these right-handed batters. Tries to throw him an inside slider and misses with it for ball one. Throws him an inside fastball that he fouls off. And then uh, slows it down with another slider. This one over the plate, but on the inside edge. Uh, it's down, but he's able to drop down and get the barrel on it. Hit it 104.3 miles per hour uh, in the left field and driving Willie Castro all the way from first. So, uh, yeah, I, something about staying inside to the right-handed batters uh, did, did not work out for Trevor Steffen in this at-bat. He would get Kyle Farmer to uh, line out, uh, jumps on a first-pitch fastball inside again. Uh, he lines out to Stephen Kwan on that one, and that would bring up Donovan's, uh, that would bring up Royce Lewis. And uh, Lewis, again, another right-handed batter, trying to stay inside on him again even throwing sliders inside misses off the plate uh with a slider for ball one he fouls off another slider that catches the plate for uh for a 1-1 count and these are all at the belt he doesn't change the height at all here so he throws him a fastball in the exact same spot and he must have been sitting fastball and he turns on this thing 106.2 mile per hour exit velocity, 421 out to uh, out to center field, dead center field. Uh, what was the uh, what was the home runs? 28 out of 30 ballparks, it would have been a home run in. So he absolutely smokes this thing. 960 expected batting average. I mean, yeah, he destroys it to center field. So again, inside pitches. Something about inside pitches to these right-handed batters, and it's just not working for Trevor Steffen. Remember, Royce Lewis is uh, a former uh, former first no, overall pick by the Minnesota Twins in the 2017 draft. Has gone through uh, major knee reconstructive surgery. Almost, almost messes up his knee again in this with a big divot out behind third base in the outfield grass earlier in the game where he uh, tries to catch a ball over the shoulder and ends up planting right on that knee. So uh, Royce Lewis is someone that the Minnesota Twins fans have been waiting for for a long time. And uh, if he does find that form that made him you know, the number one overall pick at one point, that's a scary proposition for the Guardians. To have another great hitter in the Minnesota Twins lineup would be, be tough for the rest of the American League Central. So uh, he delivers the big game-tying home run. Uh, Stefan is able to get out of the inning without any further damage. Strikes out Gallo, gets Taylor to ground out uh, back to him. And then uh, we can't do anything. We go down in the top of the ninth. Inning, Strzok grounds out. Quan strikes out. Rosario grounds out. 
Uh, so no threat there in the ninth inning. And then bottom of the ninth inning, what can't you do as a reliever? Walk the leadoff hitter. Walk him on four straight pitches. Cannot find the strike zone. That's a bad sign right there. Uh, so he walks Christian Vasquez. Polanco, he'd find the strike zone, but he'd end up finding the middle of the plate with a slider. I mean, dead middle of the plate. The sixth pitch of the at-bat. It's a full count and uh, drops a slider in the middle of the plate. And he shoots it into uh, right field. Uh, pulls it into right field at 102.3 miles per hour. Brennan is able to get it. You know, Vasquez, not the fastest runner. So he has to hold at third. And uh, they uh, intentionally walks Alex Kirilov. They bring in a pinch runner at third base at this point for Christian Vasquez. You know, I'm surprised they didn't pinch run for him immediately when he got on base. Uh, that that was surprising to me. I mean, you know that's the go-ahead run. Like, why aren't you getting a great runner out there for him uh, right off the bat? So they intentionally walk Carroll off. I mean, you're in a really sticky situation now. Base is loaded, bottom of the ninth, nobody out of a tie game. You put yourself in an awful position, Eli Morgan. And uh, Willie Castro doesn't have to do much. He's just got to get it out to the outfield. And he gets a changeup on the fifth pitch of the at-bat after being down 0-2 to a slider and then chasing a changeup away. uh, Misses with a changeup to make it a 1-2 count. Fouls off a slider middle of the plate and then throws him another changeup middle of the plate. If he could have stayed away from him, maybe something. But he throws him a changeup middle of the plate. He's able to lift it. Uh, hit it out to right field, and Jeffers easily comes in to score the game-winning run. So, Willie Castro doesn't have to do much. He just has to get it to the outfield. He does his job, and he gets the big walk-off celebration. So, there you go. A lead-off walk in the ninth inning. That is just, that is never going to work out well. So, the bullpen falls apart, and we lose. Now, that's not to take away anything from the Guardians' offense because, you know, it it was a very competitive game. It was a good game from the Guardians' offense. Everyone finds a way to contribute except Ahmed Rosario. Uh, 0 for 5 in that two-hole. He's now hitting 227 with a 593 OPS. I know Francona believes in guys turning it around, but can he turn it around from the seventh hole in the lineup instead of the second hole in the lineup? Uh, the strange one in the lineup today is Andres Jimenez, who finds himself uh, up in the uh, up in the fourth spot in the lineup. Uh, Naylor was scratched because his wrist was bothering him after he had stole third the other day in Baltimore and slid in really hard to the bag. Uh, you know that's that's kind of the problem with guys that don't steal very often stealing, right? Like guys like Naylor. They're not great sliders, so they come in. He comes in like a Mack truck in the third base and ends up hurting himself on the play. So he can't go tonight. So instead of putting Josh Bell up in the cleanup spot and bumping everyone up one spot, uh, he actually moves Andres Jimenez up there, and it actually works out. Jimenez does have a blue double, and then he would get an RBI ground out in this rally. So Andres Jimenez finds a way to contribute from the cleanup spot. Uh, and then uh, Straw, even though he doesn't have a hit, he does have the leadoff walk to kick off that sixth inning rally. So he finds a way to contribute offensively by getting on base, which is fine for me with Miles Straw in the nine hole. However he's getting on base, if he's if he's getting on base and creating runs, that's perfectly fine with me. So uh, that's kind of the point of your number nine hitter, right? That's why he's down there. So uh, 
Let's get into the Guardians offense a little bit and some of the things that happened earlier in the game between the battle between Bybee and Pablo Lopez because both pitchers were cruising for a little bit. You know, Lopez gives up a run in the second inning, but it's not, uh, you know, it's not something terrible uh, in the second inning. They just, you know, the bloop double from Jimenez. He strikes out Bell and Arias before Brennan is finally able to shoot a single through and bring in that run. So I'm sure the Minnesota Twins fans weren't pissed at Pablo Lopez at that point, and he would continue to cruise all the way until the sixth inning. Uh, it looked like he was kind of in command until that sixth inning. Bybee uh, starts the game very well. Uh, three shutout innings before they finally get to him in the uh, fourth inning. So, again, both starting pitchers were starting off pretty well. Uh, in that fourth inning, it's a leadoff walk. And then they hit by pitch. Uh, so he puts two guys on base. And, again, a leadoff walk to an inning. You're, you're going to pay for that. And Max Kepler drives a single into right field. It brings Kirilov into score, and the Twins tie it up in that inning. He is able to get out of that. Uh, he, he strikes out Royce Lewis, gets him looking, and uh, gets Gallo to ground out to first base to get out of that. Bybee did have six strikeouts. Uh, it's, it's five innings pitched, six hits, three earned runs, one walk, six strikeouts, does give up a home run. We'll get to that on 96 pitches. He's hard hit one, two, three, four, five, six, seven times. So it's not a terrible start from Bybee. It's, you know, not great, but not terrible start from Bybee. The six strikeouts definitely help him out. But they get to him in the uh, in the fifth inning. Michael Taylor uh, with a home run off him. Uh, you know, not a big home run hitter, Michael Taylor. But he gets a good pitch in a good spot here. Let's go to the matchup uh, for Tanner Bybee against Michael Taylor. And uh, it's to lead off the inning. He uh, he shows him just a ton of fastballs. It's a 3-1 count. He's shown him already three fastballs in the at-bat. And he comes inside with another fastball. And uh, Taylor turns on it. He basically thrown him three fastballs in this at-bat that were kind of down and in. One catches a lot of the plate that he fouls off. One was uh, just below the knees for a ball. Uh, to make it a 3-1 count, and then he comes inside down and in with another fastball, and he drives at 105.2, uh, 392 out to left center field. Let's see. Let's see how many ballparks this one would have been a home run in. This was a home run in 22 out of 30 ballparks, so a pretty good shot right there. Now, the thing about giving them home runs to the Minnesota Twins, look, they're going to hit home runs. That's what the Twins do. And you can live with it when there's solo home runs, right? Like, it, it actually, there are much worse situations. Two-run home run late in the game to tie the game, for example, in the eighth inning. Off your bullpen. Bad situation. A solo home run here in the fifth inning isn't, I mean, if it's going to have to happen, you'll actually take this, right? If you're going to tell me that they are going to hit, the, the Minnesota Twins are guaranteed to hit one home run off a of Bybee, I can live with a solo home run in the fifth inning. Uh, you know, you expect your offense to be able to respond to that. Uh, they do add another one here, though. Vasquez would double, uh, and then Kirilov would single to right field and drive in Vasquez. So that hurts them, them compounding it, uh, giving up, you know, another big hit, another extra base hit to Vasquez. Uh, Vasquez, it was, uh, it was a slider middle of the plate. Uh, it's a six-pitch at-bat, so again, works a, works a decent at-bat. It's a 2-2 count, 
Instead of getting the slider outside, he leaves it sitting dead middle of the plate, and uh, Vasquez drives it in the left field at 104.2 miles per hour. So uh, he pays for leaving one middle of the plate right there. Um, so yeah, so uh, let's get to the Guardians rally because uh, that was the highlight of the game for the Guardians. Even though we don't win, uh, it's still the highlight of the game for the Guardians. So Straw works the uh, leadoff walk. Uh, after a first pitch called strike, he can't find the strike zone again. Walks him up five pitches, brings up Quan, and I noticed that they were being a little bit aggressive against Pablo Lopez in this uh, inning, right? This is the third time through the lineup. Quan jumps on a first pitch fastball. How often do you see Quan do that? Uh, it's a single out to left field. Straw moves up to second. Uh, again, Ahmed Rosario did not contribute offensively. He would pop out. Hey, at least he didn't hit into a double play, right? And that brings up Jose Ramirez, and uh, he sits on an outside curveball and is able to hit it back up the middle to Michael Taylor. You know, we talked about that sometimes. Sometimes when you're trying to go opposite way, sometimes you just get a little bit on top of it. You're a little too quick to it, and it does end up going back up the middle, but it works. He gets it through. He hits it at 102.7, so that helps. Uh, so he was ready for this curveball for an off-speed pitch here. Uh, it was the second curveball of the at-bat, and he shoots it back up the middle. It brings in Miles Straw to score. Quan goes first to third, which Quan is always taking the extra base. And then, like I said, Jimenez jumps on the first pitch. Uh, he hits it deep in the hole at second base. It brings in Quan to score. Ramirez moves up to second, and he's thrown out at first, but you'll take it. Right? Jumps on the first pitch changeup. Uh, pulls it to the right side. Can't quite find the hole, but you'll take it because it brings in getting that runner to third with less than two outs. But I should be a t-shirt at this point. There's so many ways for that runner to score. And this is one of them. Hey, you pull a ground out to the right side and you get that run in. So they're thinking, okay, we did it. We tied the game. Good enough, right? Josh Bell says, nope, not good enough. Takes a changeup for a called strike. Throws him another one off the plate in the same location. And he literally bloops it in the left field. 82.3. Just Josh Bell just flicks his bat at it. You know, the guy that's supposed to be the big power hitter. Again, another bloop shot for Josh Bell. 82.3 in the left field. And uh, Ramirez has no trouble scoring from second on this. He's off crack of the bat. So you're thinking to yourself, okay, now we've taken the lead. Boy, uh, you know, that's nice. You don't, We don't do that very often, the Guardians offense, to rally for this many runs in an inning. Well, Gabriel Arias, not done, jumps on the first pitch. They leave Pablo Lopez in here, and uh, he jumps on a sinker. Uh, is this the first sinker we've seen of the whole, uh, of the whole inning? I think so. Uh, how many sinkers did he throw on the day? I don't remember him throwing that many. Uh, 14? Okay. I mean, he really uses all his pitches, Pablo Lopez. 26 fastballs, 19 changeups, 16 curveballs, 14 sinkers, and 13 sweepers. But once again, it's the Guardians jumping on the first pitch, and he hits it 102 miles per hour, actually goes inside out on this pitch, and shoots it to right field. That's a hard thing to do uh, with an inside pitch like that. A 96.7 mile per hour two-seam fastball sinker. Uh, on the inside edge of the plate to go inside out and shoot it into right field. So Josh Bell moves up to second. Uh, Will Brennan then jumps on the first pitch. Uh, he's able to hit a uh, 
a ground ball to shortstop uh, that goes for a single. Everybody moves up, and uh, the bases are now loaded for uh, for Mike Zanino. And at this point, I mean, you've taken the lead, right? So you're thinking to yourself, if Zanino could do anything here, it is just a huge bonus, right? We've already taken the lead. The way the Guardians play 1-1 games all the time, you're thinking, okay, well, at least our bullpen can... They're used to playing in one-run games. And Zanino comes through, works an eight-pitch at-bat, ends up fouling off two change-ups before finally getting a sweeper that sits middle of the plate. And you know the old adage, you know, sometimes it's just hit it down and hard, right? You know, enough with the home run balls, enough with swinging for the fences. Just hit it down and hard, and usually good things will happen. And that's what happens for Mike Zanino here. 103.7 miles per hour. So he jumps on this sweeper, right? The sweeper, you know, it's, it's, he's not coming off that sinker. He's not coming off that fastball, which is a mid nineties pitch. He's coming off of two changeups that he just fouled off where, where they're in the high eighties. The sweeper's a little bit slower at 86.2, but he's coming off of off speed pitches already. And, uh, he's been in the same zone. He's been pitching them down and in almost the entire at bat except for one high sinker for a called strike. Everything else has been down and in for an eight-pitch at-bat. And so, yeah, Zanino's ready. He's in contact mode. He's in just react-to-the-pitch mode. Pretty much whatever he threw him, he was going to swing at at this. You know, it's a full count, and uh, it had been a full count for the last three pitches, and he fouls him off, fouls him off, and then finally is able to bounce this one through the left side, and it brings in two runs to score. Arias is able to score from second. So there you go. We get the bonus. Uh, Straw works an eight-pitch at-bat, but eventually would hit into a force-out to Jorge Polanco to end the at-bat. And that was off the bullpen. That was off. Pablo Lopez's last batter would be Mike Zanino, and we would drive him from the game, and Pagan would come in and get out of the inning. So, uh, I mean, a fantastic job by your Guardians offense. Probably one of the best rallies of the year right there. A five-run sixth inning. I mean, we had just done some big innings against Baltimore in that series. So the Guardians offense is definitely showing some signs of life. Again, you don't expect the bullpen to be the part that falters. So that's the top storylines of this game. MVP on the day is a really hard here. Really hard. Because this thing is spread out spread out amongst a lot of different people. Uh, I Man, do I have to go with Mike Zanino for delivering this big bases-loaded hit here in the sixth inning? I mean, it's his only hit of the game. I mean, who are you picking for MVP on the day? This thing is really, really spread out. Uh, you know, solo hits for a lot of the batters. It is a multi-hit game for Gabriel Arias. Uh, but he doesn't get any RBIs on the day. Will Brennan, it's a multi-hit game. Uh, he did have that first RBI in the second inning. I think I have to go with Zanino, though. I mean, this bases loaded at bat in a 4-3 to game was a really big moment for the Guardians, and it did push that win probability line. Uh, let's see who... Let's go back to the scoreboard. Let's see who was the leader uh, or win probability. Who was the leader for the Guardians? and win probability added. Um, Royce Lewis was for the Minnesota Twins, no surprise. It was Mike Zanino in the top of the sixth. Uh, it changed the win probability line by 18%. So 
So there you go. That's what I'm going to go with. Mike Zanino as MVP for the day. I can't believe I'm saying that. Uh, we did have another email from our friend Marlon in Birmingham. Uh, he he says at the end, sorry for the length of the email, but I had to vent after this tough loss. Thanks for reading, Davey. Keep up the good work. So I'm going to summarize his long email. But yeah, basically, he's really disappointed. Uh he says this team should not lose games when the offense scores six runs. Bybee didn't have his best stuff, but he competed very well and gave the team a chance to win. The offense showed a lot of heart by scoring five runs in the sixth inning after the Twins scored twice in the bottom of the fifth. That's right. I mean, we talked about winning the inning doesn't necessarily have to be the top of the fifth to the bottom of the fifth. It could be a diagonal. You can win an inning diagonally, right? So it can be the bottom of the fifth for the Twins to the top of the sixth for the Guardians. I consider that winning the exchange. Their offensive salvo versus our offensive salvo. I consider that winning winning the inning, even if it's a diagonal like that um, in the box score. Uh, he says, kudos to Mike Zanino for his two-run single with two outs in the sixth inning to extend the lead. I was happy the offense gave the bullpen a little cushion, but little did I know what was to come. Marlon went on to kind of summarize the end of the game there. Uh, he was surprised that it was Willie Castro, Donovan Sullivan, and Royce Lewis who were able to turn this thing for the Minnesota Twins. He says, not Buxton, not Correa, not Kepler did the damage, but these guys, wow. Yeah, I mean, you got to respect Minnesota's lineup. They did, they've did; they put together a good lineup. And remember, Royce Lewis is no slouch. I mean, he's a, again, former number one overall pick, coming back off injury. He's someone you're going to have to look out for. And uh, yeah, it wasn't Buxton. It wasn't Correa. It wasn't Kepler. Uh, kind of the stars for Minnesota. Uh, he said this team needs this game tonight because Savali is pitching in his first game back from injury tomorrow, and I honestly don't know what we'll get for him. Yeah, I uh, we did need this one. It would have been really nice to kick off this series with a win, especially when you were up to, I think at the max, the win probability line gets up to like a 94% that the Guardians are going to win this game. So, yeah, this should have been ours. This absolutely should have been ours, Marlon. So thank you for the email, and you bring up a good point. Savali is coming back from injury tomorrow. What are we going to get? So Savali is going to pitch Friday, and they've already announced Tristan McKenzie is going to pitch Sunday. The move for Savali is that uh, Quantrill is going on the IL with shoulder soreness. They gave him an injection in his shoulder. They're hoping he responds quickly. Me and my brother were talking about this one. Uh, this seems a little fishy. You need a roster spot, and the guy who's been your worst starter you know, recently suddenly has shoulder soreness and is going to take a little stint on the IL. It feels a little bit suspicious, but uh, they needed to make a move to make a roster spot. And that's, this is one way to do it. Uh, What the roster move is going to be for, uh, for McKenzie. You have to think that maybe Hunter Gaddis or Xavier Curry is going to find themselves in that position, in that move. It doesn't seem like Karinczak is. I mean, he comes out and pitches great in this one. Uh, really efficient. I think I think it was seven pitches, six strikes, and he's out of that seventh inning. So uh, Karinczak with a nice bounce-back appearance here after his, you know, was it three straight walks in his last appearance? So uh, I have to imagine one of those young pitchers is probably going to go back to AAA to make room for McKenzie. I, I, I hope no one else does another IL stint like they just did with Quantrill to make room for him. Uh, and you know, Bybee again pitches pitches well enough here. This isn't a bad start by Bybee at all. Um, 
But Pablo Lopez, frankly, had it much worse. Much worse line on the other side of the box score for Pablo Lopez, his opposing starter. So uh, we'll see what the corresponding move is. So Marlon, thank you for the email. And the rest of the morning people, you know, jump on the train with Marlon here. Let me know your thoughts on the game. Be a part of the show. So uh, that is all my thoughts. Thanks for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. It's a disappointing loss. It's On one hand, it's, it's strange. It's good to be disappointed because we played a competitive game, fine. you know, finally. After so many times this season uh, where the offense just hasn't been competitive, it was nice to see a competitive game. If you're an outside viewer, if you're someone, if you're a Miami Marlins fan or a New York Yankees fan or a L.A. Dodgers fan and you're just watching on MLB TV a random game, oh, look, Guardians against Twins. Let's check this out. You would have been entertained by this. It was a competitive baseball game from both teams. It went down to the wire. Frankly, they, they made good TV yesterday. Unfortunately, it's disappointing because it doesn't go our way. But honestly, I'd rather be disappointed by a competitive game as a fan of baseball than I would with these, you know, these weak offensive games where we can't get anything going and we just look abysmal on offense. So, hey, at least there's that. You can follow me on Twitter at Davey Barris. You can email the show at ClevelandBaseballMornings at gmail.com. Let me know your thoughts on the game, and we'll discuss it on the show. Also, I'm hosting this podcast on Spotify. If you go to the link in the show notes, you can leave a voicemail for the show. We'll play it back on the air, respond to your thoughts, and we'll have a fun conversation amongst the fans about baseball. So thanks again for joining me on this Cleveland Baseball Morning. Baseball Morning.